0: back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. This will be simultaneously a recap of Game 5 and the Stanley Cup Finals as a whole because for any Habs fan aware, you know, uh, things didn't go the way we wanted to. Um, You know, we, Rob and I, we basically took a day extra to kind of let this one marinate, just kind of, you know, yeah, they're more of a Let it logical in. response instead yeah, of just Yeah, just because normally the Between the Whistles podcasts are meant to be emotional, yeah. but...
1: I think there's no there's no lack of emotion in Montreal right now. Yeah. But, yeah, so let's get into it. I think, you know, Game 5, I think, was, you know, more indicative of if you knew Tampa Bay was going to beat us going into this series, that's more so how I thought they would have won. Um, you know, defense was solid that game in Game 5, that's what I thought we would really bring the table and I was more worried about getting goals and getting pucks on net and getting good chances a lot like um you know a lot like the uh, Vegas series early on like game one there where it just seemed we just couldn't get any good chances um so yeah that game you know it's just a
0: yeah I mean it's it's hard to get shut out when you get eliminated especially um but you know as we'll see when we do go over the series goal scoring was something very difficult for the Canadians against Tampa Bay, um, I'll just say, like, outright, I don't, I don't think going after Tampa Bay for their, um, kind of cap acrobatics is, is a justified argument, it's funny in terms of memes and everything, but, you know, they're within the rules, even though it's a stupid loophole, it is, and I, I said for, I think I mentioned this a, a couple podcasts ago, in 2015, Tampa Bay suggested to the league officially, like, they put it forward, a motion, to actually have this loophole eliminated, and all 30 teams, except for Tampa, or at the time, 29 teams, except for Tampa, voted in favor to keep the loophole. Tampa was the only one who was saying, this is something that could be manipulated. Yeah, so... So, I mean...
1: Right, and you yeah. know, given that, I mean, if Kutrov didn't play that series, I don't I don't know if it would have changed much. I mean that's
0: it. I mean, like he was I, a very
1: I, effective player, obviously. Yeah, but it's, it's just I don't know if it was you know, um, you know, you replace, you know, Kutra with Alex and Obviously you're getting a, a sizable uh, uh, difference mm-hmm. in talent there. But you know, Alex Cologne is having a very good series. Well that that's
0: it. I think uh, you know
1: playoff run, yeah. before
0: we even jump into the game, you and I had come up with something just in terms of changing that rule, I think is interesting. I think that um like any kind of rec league all the way through, there should be a minimum games played in the regular season yeah, to make you eligible for the playoffs. Like, I
1: understand the cap situation. Like, I, I, I don't think it should be yeah. a thing. I think it should be voided. But if they are if they didn't want to go that drastically, as you said, like, at least have a game played requirement mm-hmm. just because, um, you know, there's not really any reason for them to have played Kutra this season. I mean, like, um, how severe his injury was is still kind of up in the air. Could he have played a few games? Probably. Yeah, mean, especially I mean, in the latter end of that. of the. Well, that's the, it. The he was season. probably
0: ready. To, like, we were saying on an 82-game season, having a 10-game minimum is not a lot to ask. You know, I, I look at basically, um, you know, like rookies where it's basically um, on your 10th game, your contract kicks in. So, a lot of the time, that's why you see, um, for example, a guy like Caulfield, um, you know, they'll quote-unquote, burn a year, or sorry, uh, Romanov, for example, or um, I'm trying to think of anything, like Paling even, they come in at the end, they play one game, it doesn't count as a contract year. But, you know, I mean, there there are different circumstances. For example, like Romanov did burn a year or whatever, but the idea is, um, you know, way back when Sergeyev came in, he played eight games and got sent down because it was like, we don't want to waste that contract year. So there's little um, intricacies to it that people don't always know that are important. So I just thought if you apply that logic yeah. to the same thing, it, it just makes obviously, it a little more... It makes um, a
1: difference. It's just as long as they're within the rules, I, like, I'm okay that's with That's it. it. It's like it's they, just, they it's, won within the rules. It would be similar as if we had like Vladimir Tarasenko and, you know, he didn't play throughout the entire regular season. Yeah. then like, you know, obviously that's a significant piece to acquire going into the playoffs. Right. That um,
0: the, the one thing is that it's, it would be different if there was no like trade deadline or if there was no signing... Um, you know, if, like if, if I could go out basically and right around the playoffs, uh, bring in, let's say, uh, from Russia, the top KHL scorer, that, that I know is already illegal, yeah. which is like, that makes sense. It's yes. like you can't bring on new guys just for the playoffs. Exactly. So, I, look, the NHL does their best with it. And I think it was just worth mentioning that while, well, yeah, it's probably not the best idea to just say, you know, you can forego the cap regardless of like who's on what. Yeah but you know I just, just, just I just have know, some going tweaks. going back
1: it. at that rule in the voting. I don't see how cuz like look, even if Kucherov was not able to play all season, um which could be true, I just I feel like in the in the last 20, you know, 10-20 games of the season, he was probably good to go. Yeah. I don't see why like look, I, I understand like while he's out, his cap hit take gets taken off, mm-hmm. and let's say they go out and get another guy to to play that role. I still think the salary cap should apply to the playoffs. <laughs> You know what I mean like
0: well, that, they should yeah. have to take that guy out and, and Well that 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 the other side of it that I was gonna say is it's either you make that requirement and you forego the cap, mm-hmm. like we were saying before, or you just basically have a salary cap that ends on the final day of the season and you're working with that cap and should injuries happen, you can just reinstate it. Yeah. I I just don't understand why the salary cap stops in the playoffs. I, know, I don't it doesn't. Get that you know, there was many nights um, this year. If you actually I went and I, I just was curious. I did some research, where because Vegas's cap situation is so bad that they played with either five defensemen or they played with eleven forwards dressed because they were literally if they had a full ro- lineup they wouldn't make it. So, every other team has to do this yeah. during the year, and, like, it's just little things like that, you know, and it's, it's again, if it's legal and you found a way to do it, like, hats off to Tampa. Yeah. They're clearly a dominant team. This will, unfortunately, be, and I'm, I'm confident saying this, the last year that this group is together. Unfortunately. unfortunately um, for them. Yeah, but... that's what I mean. It's, it's unfortunate because, like, you know, they built this thing, but, you know, yeah. for those who don't know, going into next year, like, as of... The morning that they won the Stanley Cup and all of their free agents become free agents, they're currently four and a half million over the salary cap. Yeah. And they have less than a full team. So they're going to have to move on from some guys and they're going to yeah. have to kind of break up that core. Yeah. So we'll so see. So, like, you know,
1: the, their top six won't necessarily be hugely impacted. But mm-hmm. I think, honestly, a, a good reason why we lost this series, and we'll get into it more in a second, is, is they, they they had better depth than us. Yeah. Like, and I. You, know, you, you go down to like even that high energy Yanni Gord line and yep. like with or like you know Tyler Johnson too like they're probably gonna lose Tyler
0: Johnson and like he's yeah. a big big piece down there. That was well, just... that's it, and and just that's a perfect segue into the game. Yeah. Look who scored the only goal of the game, yeah. Ross Colton. Yeah. Ross Colton's a bottom six guy for them. Um, you know, there's there's always that difficult thing with Tampa or any team that's really strong of like their bottom six guys are they really bottom six guys oh, yeah. you know it's the inflated stats of like look at Adam Ernie when he left Tampa mm-hmm. look at a uh, perfect example Vladislav Nemesnikov goes from Stamkos and Kucherov put up like a point per game yeah. gets traded to Rangers. I think it was uh the Rangers at the time yeah, yeah and the uh the JT Miller deal Crap. he's on his yeah. third team since that deal yeah. he's, it's, it just doesn't work so yeah, look, a one nothing loss. Um, well, that's
1: the thing. I, I don't. Uh, I don't honestly think Alex Kaloran's capable, like in a vacuum, no. of doing what he's doing right now. But you throw him with Sorelli and Stamkos, and all of a sudden, uh, you know,
0: that's exactly it. And... So, yeah, look, one nothing loss. Um, the game as a whole, kind of, kind of boring actually. Mm. A little bit slow. Uh, Very
1: physical, at least. I there, think, yeah, you know, that's something I think we caught on to a little late.
0: Yeah, that was. I I think the, the theme of this series was kind of the Canadians being a bit too slow of learners. Yeah, it was like too little too late kind of thing. Yeah. It's
1: like we we had to have figured this out by game 2-3 and we figured it out game 5 and we got a lucky one kind of. Well, that's it. And like out. obviously,
0: you know, the look, look, what Kucherov said in his post-game interview, while it was like a bit of a poor sport in terms of almost like laughing off the, the Canadians and like kind of shrugging his shoulders saying, come on, like last round was their cup final, it's like... There is some truth in that, not in the Cup final pipe, but almost the come on case of where the Tampa Bay Lightning and they had to beat us four times in a row. Mm-hmm. It's like that that part I do agree with. Like, wow, you're really pushing your luck on that one, because you know to come back from three one against the Leafs and then to, I mean, really ride that momentum through the next two rounds and the first time get it hit with adversity again, you're going up against a powerhouse team down three nothing and you're like don't you, don't you count us out. There's a, yeah. it's, it's not that there's no hope, but it's, it's a little bit of wishful well, thing. Yeah, that's why I didn't love, you know, it like was I, classless I the way he Yeah, I didn't
1: it. love the analogy to the Leafs going into the, you know, after when we were down 3 nothing because like one, we had won a game with the Leafs, and it was just mm-hmm. 3-1, like, um, like, yeah, they won three in a row, but it's different when you have, like, a win under your belt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, it's different when you're not piecing literally four elimination games in a row together. Like, yeah, the Leafs, we pieced three together, but it's different because, one, Tampa Bay is a far better team. Yeah. And, two, it's four versus three. Like, that's a significant amount of games uh, difference. Like, one game against a team like Tampa Bay and, say, like, just win one more three to- uh, four times in a row is, uh, you know, that would be literally a miracle, and yeah. I, know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, when we were down 3 nothing. I wasn't calm, I, 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 I thought we were gonna lose, I, like, I yeah. basically knew we were gonna lose, I just didn't want it to be as quick as, as it was. That's it, and, and I will say I wanted us to get two.
0: Montreal is one of the few teams, objectively speaking, that I think could have pulled off of, mm-hmm. a four-game comeback and just really locked yeah. it down. Montreal, probably the New York Islanders, and... You know, mate like maybe the Vegas Golden Knights are the only, and ironically, those are the three other finalists yeah. that I could see really banding together in that. Boston, just because maybe. maybe I'm just I'm I'm thinking just because they're so built like from the back out those three teams. Boston's kind of had like a bit of rough handling with their defense lately, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's I just like I wanted to just say it before anything. You know, I'm not one to like. Uh, give out participation trophy trophies and, like, congratulate losers. Like, they didn't get the job done, period. But, you know, the fact that we were the 18th-seeded yeah. team in the NHL, what they did was impressive. It was fun to watch. You know, it let you and I, you know, interact with, you know, everyone who listens and give us, like, a really fun playoff run for our first year podcasting. But um, unfinished business is yeah. the feeling. I- I no, just don't like the people not that are even celebrating so the, the Stanley Cup Yeah, playoffs. exactly. Like, people are kind of like, yeah, well, you know,
1: but we I... We finally
0: I, got to see a Stanley Cup. That's the, the thing. No. I,
1: I think it's a good stepping stone into next year, and I, I just, you know, I think next year realistically will be, like, the Price Weber, let's get it done for them kind of run, just because we'll have this experience. I, you know, even more than being the eighth seed going into the, into the cup, like, into the playoffs... I think more so like with how bad of an end of a season we had, like yeah. it's well, just we
0: were, a miracle. Uh, well, we were 18th in the league, we weren't even mm. the top 50% of the league. Like we yeah. in a regular year wouldn't have made the playoffs. No, I know exactly. It's and like crazy. just
1: specifically the, the latter half of our season was yeah. so bad. Like it's important to end on a good note. Cause you carry that momentum into the playoffs. And we ended on a, on a note that was just, everyone was injured. Everyone was tired. We had a brutal, brutal 40 last 40 days. where We had 24 games. Um, we weren't scoring uh price wasn't playing because he was injured and resting for the playoffs Allen started to dwindle a little bit because of the schedule and he was yeah. letting in really bad goals and you know we just couldn't get on the board defense looked like crap we weren't breaking out petrie was on like a 20 game point drought uh drew in, you know left us and then um you know, it, nothing looked like it was going well. And then, you know, you, you tack on that 3-1 Toronto thing. And, you know, going into Winnipeg, I said it, where it was like, I'm worried at which point does, like, our emotional, the emotional strain of this run take a toll on us. Because Toronto, you know, there's not much more of a, a more emotional series that we could have yeah. had, especially coming back like that. But, you know, pulling that off in Winnipeg and then going through Vegas, I feel like going into Tampa, the Habs almost felt, even if it was subconsciously, like one... Uh, they had, they felt a little bit like there was nothing else left to prove, Mm. and I think that really harmed A bit of complacency. Yeah, I think that, I think that basically caused that lag of that learning curve that we had to be very, very quick on against a team that you can't make mistakes against.
0: Yeah, I, I was, here, here's my thought in terms of the emotion, so if you look at every series, there's kind of like something as an emotional catalyst, so I mean the first series, it's Toronto, right, it's Montreal-Toronto, oldest rivalry in hockey, there's also this this weird misconception that Toronto and, and their fan base too just assume that they're better than us because they yeah. pay their players more. It's just, it's, and it's clearly not true, yeah. but that, so that whole round was very much of a, um, like a proving ground yeah. in terms of
1: quote-unquote,
0: and, and I was going to say Winnipeg, I was nervous because there wasn't that house yeah. until Shifley just went off his rocker. Yeah. We get to to Vegas and it's Patrick, like Pachareddy Suzuki and you get like the uh, the David versus Goliath thing yeah. and then we get to the final round and that I was much. hoping though the Sergeyev thing would yeah. spark it but it's not enough especially the with guy, the Gallagher thing that's with, with, it it's
1: with bleeding and I thought that would maybe get us
0: well that's it and just the the, the problem was I think that happened with with Sergeyev is the guy never really played here. It's mm-hmm. kind of like same thing if you think about like McDonough. Yeah. Both these guys were drafted by the Canadians, played less than ten games and were traded out. So yeah. Well you Plus, know, know
1: Sergica's not not bitter because like no. he went to a better team.
0: Well that's it. And I you know, it would be nice to see how Druin handled it and everything, yeah. but, you know,
1: it is what it yeah, is. I I'm, you know, going into Tampa too, like, you know, I, I kind of wish our woes that we experienced during the regular season. And even to an extent early on against Toronto were the woes that we had against Tampa. Like I, I wish early on in those first three games that it was a scoring problem and not so much a defense issue. Like our defense, like really shit the bed in those first three games. You know, if, if our defense was, was, was playing like they were during the rest of the playoffs, I'd have no doubt in my mind. Carey Price would keep us in this.
0: Yeah, it would have been know? very. Least it's just when we games.
1: have our defense punching the puck in, when we have yeah. the defense like basically passing it to Tampa in our open net, like that stuff is stuff you just can't recover from against a team that is solid defensively, is yeah. solid in goaltending. I almost wish that, you know, these were one nothing games that like we needed just one. Yeah. But like when they start scoring five goals and like it's just brutal. Like, yeah, and
0: and the other thing too is like and it's you know it's it it is more of a compliment to Tampa Bay than it is an issue with Montreal, but um, the margin of error playing against Tampa Bay is the, I've never seen a team capitalize on every yeah. single mistake. Yeah. It was very, it was almost like like impressive exactly. to watch. It's like you can't make a mistake and that that mental game of like, I can't fuck this up well, that's exactly makes why them I, do it. Yeah, that's exactly why I felt that way because like inherently if you make a
1: mistake offensively, it costs less than defensively and like, we would have, I think, lasted a little probably to six or even seven if these mistakes were like cough-ups offensively, or like Gallagher misses an open net or something like
0: like that. When
1: you pass the puck to a guy who has an open net, and it's already a team that has a Vezina goalie, it's
0: like we can't win those games. Well, that's it. It's just you know what you talked about a few times on the podcast where every time Matthews touched the puck, like that, like cinching of the asshole, yeah, exactly. basically, <laughs> their whole team. Made their it whole top feel six like, this. Is like that. And, and honestly, they're bought the top nine really. Yeah. Like when that when that Goudreau, um, Gord and um, Coleman line would come yeah. in on us, I'd be like, oh fuck. Oh well, fuck. It's just oh fuck.
1: The problem is too is with the d- defensive issues we were having early on. Every single time these guys would touch the puck, it's in the slot. Yeah. Like every single shot they had was of like impeccable quality, and yeah. like that's why you know like game three people were talking about how it got stolen from us, and or was it was a game two. I it forget. was game two. Game two. It's like not really. Like I mean, like yeah, Vasilevsky had like like I think like forty saves almost, yeah. but these shots were just not the same. Like they're they it weren't the forty
0: saves actually. Yeah.
1: Like it, it just it was not the same, and like I you know it, if I was a goalie. And I was of equal caliber to the, to the goaltending that I was in that series. You know, I would much rather experienced ten of uh, forty of the shots Vasilevsky got than ten of the ones that Well, that's that Price it, got. and
0: and because I don't think anyone would still argue that Carey Price is not a good goaltender. Well, no. Like, well, no. Th- there are those naysayers who yeah. will literally say like this guy can't get it done. And it's like enough you know it's like I I, this is one thing you know Shea Weber did it too in their post game uh, post uh season interviews basically saying like enough already with you know Carey Price tried to take the blame himself and he just saying like it was the team in front of him that screwed that up yeah he played lights out the entire time yeah um I I it just 99% of the time you know the two the two games that the first
1: two games he was under 900 yeah okay right
0: I yeah, I, I don't have it. Yeah, either. I think
1: the first two games, he was under 900. Those were two games where basically, one, Chirac punched the, the, the puck in the net, yeah. okay? So, all of a sudden, he's above a 900 with that. Okay, then the second one was Edmondson passed it to, I forget who it was, on an open net. Again, yeah. that pulls Price back over
0: a 900. Yeah. well, that's it's the like, thing. Well, we'll, I mean, we're going to mention, I mean, we might as well now. Um, on the series, his average was an 884, but twice he was over a 940. Hmm. So, those two games that just absolutely blew them out of yeah. the water really pulled them down. That's why look save percentage is a weird one. I I, I wish there would be more like yeah, details. I like right, you know yeah. like screenshots versus non screenshots versus like it shouldn't be Price's fault if like Edmondson basically gives a perfect one timer yeah. to Andre Pallad. Yeah exactly. You know, little things. But anyway, um
1: but Yeah you, But going but, into your point before we get into this with Tampa it's like they just don't do that at all. No. You know what I mean? And they like, don't make those like, mistakes. That, like, you can tell Vasilevsky had a lot of nerves going into this. Like, he he made a few yeah, plays where it was like... First. He didn't play particularly great. I no. Mean, like, not at all. I mean, like, he he made some... You know, made, maybe one... I can't even think of a highlight save. He, did. he was just good enough. Like, it's just he... They are they just... They, they don't make mistakes defensively. That's and it. if you don't make mistakes against a team that isn't particularly talented... Like, we, we don't have a guy yet that is going to... Like just tear Buried apart the defense. Every time. Like it, yeah. we just don't have it. so like we need those cough ups like with with, with Vegas where we'd four check and the puck would cough out yeah. and you know, they fuck up and they give us a shot right in front of the net. But like when a team doesn't do that and we need to like rely on Brendan Gallagher like sniping one top shelf from the top of the circle, like it's yeah. just not happening. happening.
0: But yeah, no, so um basically we have a you know, on the whiteboard today is uh, just the season, uh, the season, the series as, as a whole. So the top half, just for those because they can't see it, uh, game by game, just major stat categories So goals for, goals against, face-off, power play, penalty kill, how many hits and how many shots. Um, we totaled those up and we averaged them out as well, so we'll get into that. And then we also have just player stats. So basically we went through all five games and just tallied up everyone on the Habs, just scoring, because I you know, I didn't want to start talking about plus-minus yeah. and penalty kills. So, um, you know what? I actually want to do it backwards. Do you want to start with the player stats? Sure. Yeah. So, we only had two players with three points. Um, Same line. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, there is some silver line there. It's Suzuki and Caulfield. Caulfield with three assists. Suzuki with two goals and an assist. Um, you know, these are the point leaders. These guys are clearly the future of the team. But, unfortunately, they shouldn't be... The present of the team, like no, this, no, is no. like you should be giving other help. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, well, I think
1: maybe we'll discuss it in another podcast. But the guys, I like, I really needed more from that series. Was was primarily uh, to fully. Well, that's Yeah, brutal. and like that,
0: that, we'll get to that in a second. In terms of like, you you've got your guys who are established, you've got your veterans, and you've got your rookies, right? So like you, the whole point, in like in an ideal world, is that your rookies and your veterans are there to teach and to learn, and then your established guys kind of carry the bulk yeah, of the load. It. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're as, as we're going to go down, because the way I, I categorize this list in terms of scoring is, you know, first by total points, and then within the total points, just basically, you know, I kind of value goals higher than assists and so on. You'll see, like, the, the guys who are in that prime years of, let's say, like, um, you know, 25, you know, 25, 26, all the way through to, like, 30, they're not on the list. And, like, our, that, that's who we needed to show up. So, like I said, Suzuki and Caulfield, three points each. In the two-goal categories, or two-point categories, we've got Josh Anderson with two goals. We've got Ben Sherat with a goal and an assist. And we've got Shea Weber with two two assists. So those are the only guys, Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, Sherrod and Weber, who had more than one point in the entire series. Yeah. That that's not enough. You know, Weber's a vet. Sherratt's basically a vet. Anderson is the one guy and yeah. he, both his goals came I in think, one game. Yeah, I think he I think Anderson,
1: you know, co- polar opposite to the rest of this playoffs because he played like shit during the yeah. playoffs. This he was probably our best player this this series, I'd say. Like like Josh Anderson, like I think every there's game, an
0: argument to be made for Nick Suzuki. Yeah, Nick Suzuki. But yeah. Anderson was the most complete player. But for a good sure. example
1: of what like I think we're talking about is like Cole Caulfield had three assists. You know, would he have gotten three assists on another line? Probably not. Like, it. he, it's not him driving that line. It's mm-hmm. Nick Suzuki. That being said, like, I don't... We. It goes into your point. It's like, I don't think we should need Caulfield to be driving that. Like, right. I, it's not his time yet if to be driving ends, it. Like, I need That's it. I need Tafoli, I need Gallagher. Like, those guys to really, really drive the play. And, like, you know, Caulfield, you know, maybe... You know, getting a goal here or there—it's like, oh, that's just the cherry on top yeah, because he's like, so young, he's rookie. It, yeah,
0: it's like experience. You more. know, in
1: four years, that'll be him, exactly. right? But it's just right now, like I—I I don't need to rely on him. Yeah, so it's like exactly. that. That's why it goes to show you, like, how valuable Nick Suzuki is because, yeah. like, you know, he's—he's he's relatively the same age as Caulfield. Like, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a year—he's a year older and you know, a little bit more experienced But you know, he's a guy that like I don't even have to think about relying on. Like, yeah. he's just there.
0: He's there, and that's it. He's established himself. So yeah, like I said, it's Sherrod and Weber—that's a deep pairing goal for, like I said, Sherrod two assists for Weber, and and that would end the multi-point guys. So yeah. now going into the single-point guys, you know we've got Romanov who scored a goal, and I have him highest on the list because he only played two games, right? Yeah. So. He got a goal in one of yeah, his two games. Yeah, but that I'm going
1: to asterisk just because even going into that game, I said, like, I would not be surprised if just because of the deprivation effect and the fact that this guy has no injuries, hasn't been yep. hit in a month, um, he's fresh, he's eager to get on the ice. I remember I said I wouldn't be surprised It's like, the
0: best game we've ever seen him Absolutely, play. and I I'm think he like, played well. Yeah,
1: I just, I don't think, like, you extrapolate out from this, like, I don't think he'd have a half point per game for the No,
0: players. absolutely yeah, not. I'm just I, saying in terms of this yeah. series, which is what the list is, it's, it's, Good for him getting on the board, getting that experience. He made some smart plays. Yeah. Very, like, you know, and he returns. also wasn't
1: at he wasn't as big of a defensive liability. Exactly. I mean, again, definitely like...
0: More, definitely less than Gustavs Playing
1: seven minutes, like, there's not a huge opportunity to do it. But again, against Tampa, like, you know, one fuck up, you're screwed. Well, that's
0: it. And I would have still preferred him... Oh, God, yeah. To Just Gustafson. get rid of those guys. Those like, guys honestly... are not... They're not coming back. You know, they really... They were impressing and getting too impressive in the earlier series... But I think it just showed when the time comes, like they just they shit the bed. Well, it's the thing is, like you can
1: bring a bit of offensive game, but like these, yeah. you know, not Merrill, obviously, but. You know Gustafson, particularly the guy, just does not want to play defense. Like it's no. just clear. Like,
0: well, he can't. That's the problem. Is his whole bread and butter is offense. Yeah. He's kind of riding the high of that one season. Yeah. I'm, like, we'll talk about the most disappointing players this yeah. series. Oh, Romanov played twelve in the last, almost thirteen. Oh, okay. I'm just curious to see how, like, his deployment versus uh, Rom- uh, Gustafsson. because in Game Five he played uh, almost 13, 12-45. And then Romanov in the first game he played was 12-16. Mm-hmm. So comparing that to the last game that Gustafsson played. Keep in mind, played, though, we
1: did go to overtime. Yeah. And also keep in mind Weber had a four-minute penalty. There you go. So, so like that's Yeah, but
0: to give you an idea, like Gustafsson was playing still, yeah, Seymour 16 so in in the last game he played.
1: That was the game went to overtime,
0: though. That was... Uh, we went in overtime, I'm pretty sure. No, that was the uh, game we lost 6-3 oh yeah yeah really I'm awesome. just saying like Gustafson was given more responsibility than Romanov obviously yeah but like either way surprised those
1: last pair was playing that much maybe the the, yeah. the top four were just so dead
0: yeah we I think we had a lot of penalties in that one actually yeah, well yep, know, that... maybe not one for one but anyway either way
1: um it clearly was we weren't playing as top heavy as the la- the, the last three series yeah um because like a in against Vegas you know Guys like Marilyn we were getting like seven minutes. Yeah, that's it. Like, and
0: yeah. it's like anyway, it was also a different coaching. Remember, it was Luke yeah. Richardson and then it switched over. Yeah. But yeah, just going back to the list here, you know, we had Perry with a goal, um, Dano with a goal, Evans with an assist, Kotkiniemi with an assist, Petrie with an assist, and Gallagher with an assist. So I mean, there's a couple of like Yeah, let's just go into like the, the performers that we were disappointed with. Yeah, well that that's what I'm saying. There's a couple of names, one that like you would have expected to see, you know, I I would have liked to see a lot more numbers next to Gallagher's name. I would have liked to see a lot more numbers next to Petrie's name. Um I didn't even get a chance to mention to because yeah. he did not put up a point. Well, let's, let's focus now on Petrie versus Gallagher here. One
1: Gallagher, I'm going to kind of give a like a like a pass because I know the role this whole playoffs that he's been playing. He even spoke about it in in, in the post game where you know, his role in the team's completely changed this year, you know, like, he used to take that pressure of, like, if there's a goal, it's probably Gallagher, right, and like, it's Gallagher to, or Tatar to or, like, you know, maybe some guy in depth, but either way, like, Gallagher was running the offense, whereas, you know, this whole playoff run, he's locking down that top line, right, so, like, that changes, that gives a bit of an asterisk For me, what was really, really disappointing was Jeff Petrie's play, this, and not just after his injury, because, like, I understand that can affect his play, but just, throughout the whole playoff just not good like just he was it was hard to watch him at times it was bad yeah and like it's you know just decisions that I just know you know earlier on in the season he would just never have made and I just I didn't understand what he was thinking and and you know, Edmondson kind of kept him going for the first three series there, and then Edmondson was probably one of our worst D against Tampa.
0: Yeah, it was really hard. That, that pair was a. That's why they got split prob- up. At one point. Well, that that's probably that's I say why Romanov had more minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They had to be split up. It was having two guys who are playing their worst hockey all yeah. year playing together. It's just bad.
0: And and just talking with Petrie and Gallagher just together, they, because there's one thing that they share this year is that they both got their extensions this year. Um, obviously, I'm not already like panicking. the The cap hits aren't that bad, and like the terms also not that bad, but it is a bit worrisome in terms of we've committed. I mean, I think altogether it's just shy of thirteen million dollars to these two guys. I think it's six and a half for Gallagher and six and a quarter for Petrie, and you know that's why they're getting the money. I understand Gallagher was in a shutdown role, but I will also say his. Goal. The last time he scored, I believe it was Game 1 in Winnipeg. Yeah. So we're talking essentially three of four rounds he didn't score. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if Game 1 in Winnipeg, like, fine, I'll call it he scored in the second round. The conference final in the Stanley Cup final, zero goals. And he got yeah. one assist. And Denos scored. And Denos. And Leckinen scored. Right. And Lekkonen so, like, got the,
1: the series winner. Well, there you go. It,
0: I, yeah, but, no, yeah. and that's it. And I guess you could technically make the argument that... um therefore the line scored. It doesn't matter whose stick it comes off of when it's a team sport. But I'm saying, like, I, yeah, I, I still... Agree. Like, I don't I don't like that argument in the sense of Gallagher scores goals, yeah. you know? Dano doesn't score goals. Lekkonen can, but doesn't yeah. often. Gallagher is supposed to be that guy who still scores. He's still got power play time in front of the net. And, you know, you, like... Well, it got, you, to like, a, it
1: got to a point where I turned to you and I was like, is Gallagher on the power play? Because, well, exactly. like, what's going on here? Like, there's just nothing from... That, and it. not only, like... Not only was it like no stats, but I just didn't notice him yeah. shooting. Like he I wasn't a present. I noticed him I noticed him on the ice for yeah. sure. Because like, you know, he's always involved in something after the whistle and he he's always barrel like he's always hustling. Like he's, mm. he's always back checking, played great defensively. He's a very underrated defensive winger, but well, either it. way. Uh, a winger defensively, I mean, he's not a defensive winger. <laughs> but um he played well in that regard, always forward checking, always finishing his hits like all the time. Yep. Almost too much. And then you know, always in front of the net digging, but I didn't notice any of those, like, Gallagher shots. You know what I mean? Where he it. like, he's whipping it off the ice
0: and falling down. Kind of, like, Lekkonen-esque. Yeah.
1: You know? But no, I honestly, I know exactly what
0: you mean. And so, it, it's just... It, it's a touch of concern for me, that's all. But, you know, there Petri is... more so for me. What more so, yes. Just because yeah, he, he I think Petri. we rely on him more yeah. at this point. I just mean, in general, there's a common well, yeah, vibe like there. Minute per
1: minute, yeah, it
0: would be worse. Yeah. And, and I just think, overall, like... It's not. It's obviously again. It's not a hit the panic button moment. It's more just like, f- fix that. Yeah. <laughs> another thing you know? I think this off season, like,
1: you know, I think our, our our set pieces are there. Whether we make a move, you know, we'll go into another podcast. Yeah. Some we're guys gonna have we're a whole at, bunch of
0: podcasts. But for the off season. you know, I
1: think our our core is there. I, I think one thing this off season is like we just we gotta figure out this power play. Yeah. Like it's just it again was just abysmal. Yeah. Like in in Tampa, like we we it's it's annoying with with our team's power uh, power play, because we see these, like, glimmers of hope. Yeah. And then it just gets squashed again. Like, it's the yep. weirdest thing. It's, I, I don't understand it, and, you know, um, Burroughs has been doing a, a decent job. Like, there, you know, there is an argument that, like, the guy hasn't had a chance to practice with these guys no, like, exactly. with our schedule, and I'm sure he can do it. It's definitely not something I think is out of his control, but it's something that we really can't brush off. Like, this needs... The amount of power plays we were on that were just not even, like... We didn't score, but like we just didn't get a shot. It was yeah, just I know. terrible.
0: No, I, exactly. There was one
1: power play I remember, I think it was in game four, where Tampa Bay ended the power play with four shots on us and we had zero. It was yeah. killer.
0: Um, yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, you know, the other one player that I really wanted to mention, it, it, it oh, was. Tifoli. Well, uh, yeah, I'll go back to Tefoy in one second, but I just. Okay, this is a weird one because I wasn't particularly upset with his play. I'm just more surprised that I saw zero points was Paul Byron. Mm. Paul Byron is someone who, like, that's exactly when I expect him to thrive, yeah. and like, I found he was a little unnoticeable during the uh, during the series. Um, no, you know, I was... didn't see that explosion from him. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was playing well, but like, I didn't see that chip it around the yeah. defenseman and take off. Like, I found he was almost. Like, like again, like so focused on making sure that he wasn't the one who screwed up that yeah, like it I, just like handcuffed him. I think all. with
1: with Tampa, it's like you know Byron's that guy that you know will expose those those deficiencies. Like we saw with Vegas, like we saw with Toronto, especially where you know they make one mistake and he's up the ice, it's gone. Yeah. but they just don't make any mistakes. They're such an airtight team, Tampa, that it's just those are the guys that get you know their their the the fire snuffed out a little bit. But for me, what was you know, arguably as bad as Foley was
0: I was just surprised with Armia. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah. I didn't even notice him on the ice. I know. It was that that whole bottom uh, pair there, Perry, Stahl, yeah, I Armia, mean, I was I, expecting you know, a lot more.
1: We're going to, you know, do this in another podcast. I just want to put out there. I think it's like, you know, we're going to part with Stahl a little bit. That was just not a, you know, there was, again, with him, it, it felt a lot like our, our power play where, you know, great chemistry down with those guys, but I just think, like, um, you know, stall over at Evans right now. I'm not sure who I'm taking there, and and yeah. also I just I don't. It felt a lot like our power play, and that like you'd see these glimmers of hope with them, and then it would just get squashed. Well, that's there, it. Right? And, and again, strange.
0: like I'm I, I'm gonna give him these credit where he's doing A great playoff. Oh yeah, great. Playoffs. A lot of guys had a really good playoff. That's why we made it to just the cup final. Series. But a lot of people didn't show up. That's in the series. thing we're
1: talking about series here. Yeah. Like Josh Anderson, probably like I said, best player this series. Probably the most disappointing playoffs
0: for me. Absolutely, yeah. and so it, you know it's important to just like put that out there. So let's talk about kind of the uh, black sheep right here, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, that is you know, just... point leader, goal leader, um, absent, like absent, even like series. emotionally. Like I, I just didn't, didn't notice I, him. If he was a like healthy no scratch, the whistle I would stuff. not have noticed, and yeah. he should have been taken out for Tatar. Yeah, at that point, if he just, and and it's it's strictly on the fact of like. You punish Tatar, you you pun- punish Exactly. Yeah. It's like you need
1: to treat them equally Tatar, and I mean, I understand Tatar got injured and stuff like that, but holy shit is this guy in a short leash that just does not apply to anyone else, which is tough because he's arguably, you know, up there with Gallagher and stuff like that, probably the most spirited guy on the ice, or which just, is, it's
0: tough to see. It's like, and given where Toffoli was playing near the end of the series with yeah. Denno and Gallagher, I don't see why you can at least shape things up yeah. a little, especially when you're four games in and Toffoli Tata- uh, has been scored. Yeah. A point.
1: So, like, the news came that Tatar was healthy by mid-Vegas. Yeah. We, so, like, we were he told was he was
0: injured the whole time, which yeah. I said even is, is a bit sketchy. Yeah. They'll just leave him as, quote-unquote, injured. Yeah.
1: It also makes sense. It was a lower body injury. Yeah. And, like, I could kind of tell it in, in Toronto. Like, he didn't have a jump to him mm. sort of thing. Um, he got injured in the last stretch of the regular season, and then he came back for a few games, and apparently just wasn't ready to go. Yeah.
0: so. But, look you just you do what you gotta do to, to win the games and they didn't so overall like we said, you know overachievers as a whole for the playoffs um, really didn't bring their best in the finals I yeah. think and um, yeah I just want to jump into the actual game stats here so game one, one goal four, game two, one goal four, game three and four, three goals four and game five. Zero goals for. That's eight goals in the entire series. That's one point six goals per game. So yep.
1: let's say let's say in a theoretical world that RD played like they did, and we gave Carey Price an actual chance to, to play like he does, where you know we're not putting pucks in our own net, we're not passing the guy, to, you know Andre Pallad. I'm going to repeat it a thousand times, but let's just say that happened. We still would not win because yeah. like the it's fact a of the shout out is, or lose against a team like this, like we cannot expect a shutout from goaltending every single night, regardless of the cool the goalie is. I mean like a carry price has super high expectations, but if you had a fresh goalie in every single night, we could not win that series. Well this is the
0: thing even if looking at like the the non like uh, like averages, just looking at the actual results, if carry price did not get a shutout in three of those five games, we the automatically are going to overtime. Mm-hmm. So like we we would have won one nothing one nothing and then gone to overtime game five zero yeah. zero, you you gotta give him some like support. Yeah. Um, goals against: five in game one, three in game two, six in game three, two in game four, and one in game five. Seventeen goals against in five games for a three point four goals against yeah. average. You can't give up three and yeah. a half goals per game, and you know what? Like you can't give up five and six. In, yeah. You know, in games, it's got to be spread out. So the face-offs, I specifically wrote down the um, the actual totals because I, I calculated out the percentage after. But so 26 for 52 in the first game, 30 for 57, 31 for 61, 23 for 48, and 28 for 58. It averages out to exactly 50%, mm-hmm. like on the nose. Um, I would say 75% of that is Philip, <laughs> Philip Deneau. Yeah, I Honestly, say, I think,
1: you know, Stahl's pretty was pretty good in the face-off circle. He was definitely over 50% this postseason, which is a good surprise from what we saw in the regular mm-hmm. season. Um, he looked more like, you know, 2008-era Eric Stahl in the mm-hmm. face-off circle. Uh, he kind of got his aggression back, I noticed, in the face-off circle. But either way, I think Dano's success was balanced with Suzuki's failure in, 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 the, in the circle, which is like, again, I mean, I, I don't need Suzuki to be like this, you know, absolute perfect all-around Patrice Bergeron-esque kind of guy. I'm just, you know, I, I, there was a few games there where, like, you needed definitely more than that. I mean, like, there, there was one game there I'm pretty sure it was 29% or something like that.
0: Something so like that, like, yeah. and, and just the reason... He breaks, we,
1: if he gets 40 or higher, like, that's
0: funny. Yeah, I don't and, need and it to be... that's the thing. And the, the reason I put the actual numbers out instead of the percentages is for the same reason why I didn't want to have um, Romanov's points per game. Mm. You
1: know, it's yeah. like, it's misleading. And another thing, too, with, with Suzuki and, like, why I'm being a little bit more difficult with his face-offs, given how talented the guy is and why I need pl- more than 40% is because, all you know, a good proportion of our goals against, not just this series, but, like, in the entire playoffs, we're just right off the face-off. Right, exactly. I was going like, to
0: say, it's something he's going to guarantee work on like, the offseason. Yeah, it's season. just he
1: has to work with Phil Denner. Like, when you and have a guy like that... that, that. When you have a guy like Philip Deno on your team, like you gotta milk that. Like if he's gonna get a good contract, know in Montreal, like that's a way that we could use him. Is like you gotta train these guys to take a fucking face off, honestly, including Kockiemi.
0: Yeah,
1: because is far better than Suzuki, but like he can still be better. Like yeah, it, his for the guy's size, he's not incredibly good at face offs. Like no. he's got to learn to use his body. And, uh, and I, again, I have faith in both me these too. guys. Tons of just are I mean, so saying no. Talented. I I know. I, no, I it's just, just they have to be better. Like, they, and to I be think
0: better. that's that's gonna be a priority for them. Yeah. Um, just just look at the power power play here because you did mention it. You know, the numbers don't lie, and like obviously the vibe you got was correct. O for two, one for three, one for one, O for five, and 0 for three. Fourteen um, percent, little over fourteen point twenty nine percent on the series. Um, not only is that a low for the year, but it's a low for the playoffs and it was just exactly when we needed. So, I mean, I'm just saying, let's say we scored on every single power play we got just for argument's Mm. sake. The first game we would have lost five to three. The second game we would have at the very least gone to overtime and tied it up. Um, no change, no change in game three, game four, we won. But we won by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. Whereas if we scored five power play goals, <laughs> I'm saying like, it's, yeah. it's not realistic, but two. it would have been eight to two and then over oh, three on the power play in game five. We even, win if that that game. Was,
1: even if that was, even if yeah, exactly. And even if, you know, we, we got 20%, like a yep. lot of those games, like, you know, we would have forced the game six for sure. Exactly. Um, you know, and. You know, the, it, it, though that means that the little stuff like that. Penalty kill was fine. L- penalty kill
0: was absolutely phenomenal yeah, the entire time. Especially given the, t- like the, the offense well, we played. That, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Two for three, three for three, one for one, one for one, three for three. So we gave up one power play. Yeah, which is just insane. That's given, a 90.91%. I think, you know, they you know they did go on a historic run, and they almost broke the all-time record. Yeah. So of, like, longest... uh yeah without giving up a power play goal. So that is something the Canadians have completely locked yeah. down. It's I'm not worried about that. I just I also wanted to go into this. So we have the hits and the shots per game. So hits per game, first game 58, second 36, 46, 36, 48 for 224, an average of forty four point eight hits per game. Um, shots 19, 43, 30, 34, and 22. Uh, it's 178 shots for an average of 35.6 per game lots of hits and lots of shots um why that's significant is because uh one if you're hitting a lot it means you're hitting someone with the puck <laughs> so yeah, we didn't they didn't have, have the puck much. a lot and two 35.6 uh, shots per game what was the dangerous chances well, yeah. i mean
1: those 35 shots i can almost guarantee you i could have saved 30 yep you know like those are just not what we needed and that, that's a common theme with the Habs is that the shot value doesn't really tell the whole story with yeah. us. I mean, like, you know, there's games where, you know, we get 10 of, you know, Montreal Canadians-esque chances and we capitalize on four of them, Yeah. right? And it's not the same kind of chance as other teams where, or we can go and get 35.6 shots and like, you know, they're all just from, you know, Brendan Gallagher from the far uh, half wall and they, you know. The Vasilevsky, no screen, just kicks it aside. and that's I think that's, you know, basically what we saw for the most part. You know, like not very. Well, the, that's it, and now so, just weak the, wrist shots from
0: Petrie from that point. Exactly. Um, now, I just because obviously, like I said, not big on congratulating people on losing, but um, I do want to say there's a couple of positives that I take away from the playoffs and the Stanley Cup Finals as a whole, and it's not always just the, the obvious ones of like they went that far and it's like okay one um it is probably the best case scenario for the fact that we have young guys on the team it is it is like this is the best thing for them not only just from an experience point of view but i think that makes them hungry yeah to be honest like i really like i you can just see kind of like i don't know i i have this like image it might be romanticizing it a bit but like i just have an image of like 27-year-old Nick Suzuki getting back to the Stanley Cup final, let's say we don't go back till then, and just, like, oh, I locked I in. Not. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, in the next five years at some point, I'm saying up to, like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But, <laughs> but like, terrible. imagine, like, we're, I mean, it's we're realistic, constantly... Yeah, it's, it's, realistic. it's very hard to get there. And yeah. so I'm saying, let's say when the Habs, who are projected to be one of the top teams when these guys mature in four to five years, I'm saying... Mm they get there like I can just see that killer instinct kind of kicking and being oh, like yeah. I remember how this feels don't and yeah. don't like just don't take a minute for granted mm. and then um that's the first thing for me obviously like I said the experience too uh but secondly and I think this is something people maybe don't think about right away because it's hard to think of the offseason while you're playing um this makes it so much easier for GMs to offer guys contracts so you know we're going to have a whole podcast of what we think the Habs should do in the off season in terms of trades and lines and all this so we'll get to it but i'm saying if you're Mark Bergevin you want to go out and get someone it is so much easier to oh, convince yeah. a, t- a player to come play for you I when you're a, a winner Across the continent and when you're a winner you know i i think back to when John Tavares was a UFA and he just wouldn't give us the, like the time of day or brain Point wouldn't give us the time of day and you know, looking back, I think John Tavares would probably like maybe turn around and go like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. I I shouldn't have brushed these guys off. Well, he's just a he's just a you know he's just a a backpack of mistakes. Well, like yeah, a, that's uh, the thing. He's just, he's too expensive, but you know he still is like an the incredible. Top four, he could have been on either team. <laughs> exactly. That that's what I mean. He he could have played in either conference final if he wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, and so yeah, I think it's super important to bring that. I think also. Um, it, it, it does carry over into next year in the sense of like, you know, you see it a lot where teams like Dallas last year who went to the cup final, didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, I, I just don't see how we don't, it's hard because the divisions change. Right. And we're in a very packed division. We have us and Boston and Tampa and Toronto and I mean, Ottawa's on the up. We have uh Buffalo and Detroit who I think were stronger. And I am I forgetting one? And Florida. 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 So between us, Florida, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, that's five spots. Uh four spots for five teams. Yeah. Um we'll see how the Habs handle that. Um I just think that, you know, the snowball effect of going to the Stanley Cup finals and losing isn't all negative. I yeah. think it really does allow you to kind of almost like, kind of keep this momentum going should it be needed. Yeah, you know and I, I, mean? I think,
1: you know, on a more of a team level, I think it also shows you the, the glaring yeah. kinks in your uh, kinks in your armor that are, like, you know, what prevented us from winning. And I think for us, it was, you know, consistency from our core guys and, you know, the power player. That's just, if we fix that, we're just golden. And, you know, I think retaining Jake Allen is another thing. I think the way we saw Carey Price play... Uh, given that he, it, you know, the regular season wasn't, you know, on his main course this year, um, just really hammers the point that we need a guy that can take the load during the regular season, and then the playoffs you just double down on Carey Price and you can't go wrong. I, you know, I that's it. So it gives you it gives you things that you did right, you know, and it gives you it shows you things that you got to improve on in the off season that I don't think teams that don't make the playoffs or get eliminated early get to see.
0: Well, that's it. And so, you know, just to give people kind of an idea of what's coming up now, because, you know, a lot of the questions are like, you have a hockey podcast and the season just ended. But, you know, we've got um, the draft coming up. So we're going to have kind of like a prospect breakdown, a little bit of like now that we know where the Canadians are drafting, kind of, let's say, like five prospects that could be there. Um, We have the expansion draft coming. So that's going to be a lot of, you know, our protection list and then we'll have the Habs actual protection list a lot of discussion there we've got a lot of restricted and unrestricted free agents to discuss um overall just off-season moves we've also um we've got this kind of basically in the works that we've kind of made report cards for all the players on the team now so we're going to kind of go over that uh we have you know like our season review. That's going to probably be the next one we post where it's going to be a nice long, like look at like the regular season plus the playoffs and everything. Yeah, um, interviews, interviews, trades, and just overall, just like keep it yeah. active. It's a short off season. It's going to be yeah, quick, and... but you know, there, it's, it's active enough this year where I think it's going to be fun. And so, you know, we look forward to like pumping out a lot of good fun. Yeah. You know, it, it
1: gives us a chance to kind of, you know, take a breath, come up for air yeah. and, um, you know, give more intelligent takes, because I I know, at least personally, I could probably speak for Jesse as well, you know, the superstition around the playoffs is, like, I don't like to say much, and, like, I think that... It's digging your own grave, you you, make a commitment. You'd think with a a hockey podcast, like, the most interesting time of the year, you'd be really talkative and really pumping out stuff, but I I, I get very superstitious during the playoffs, and I don't want to, like, you know, trip on my tongue and then like jinx something and like i i just i stay focused and you know the off season's when you think and the off season's when you make moves and um you know it's going to be a nice short one and uh yeah. you know, we got we got hockey in in, in weeks yeah honestly it's, it's, it's know, coming back like in september game, sept- first game i think september 20th yeah so,
0: like and i i you know i think it is i uh, i'd mentioned to this before we started recording this is episode 93, which is a little yeah. bittersweet. could have uh, been Stanley Tuck, uh, the Stanley Cup. It would have been. been. Oh, fuck. I mean, that would have been... How unreal would that have been? Yeah, I think I mean, we would have made the news. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, why would have contacted them? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so overall, you know, I just, uh, I do want to say just kind of two things signing off. One, if you're listening and you're the guy who broke into Gallagher's apartment <laughs> while they were in Tampa, like... If if you did it from a comedy point of view, that's hilarious. If you did it because you're a criminal, which you, they, they are, you know, either way, <laughs> you the, probably they'll be caught and just like not cool. So yeah, not <laughs> like, cool. definitely like, not. I, okay. I feel like he just was. I I'd
1: be very surprised if like Brendan Gallagher was staked out and like they purposely robbed. Yeah, Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, I think they, it broke they, into they house. just broke into a house and
0: happened to Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, and then the, just basically the last thing that I wanted to say was just. Um, it has been like quite the first season to start a Mm. podcast. So thank you to everyone who does listen. Uh, you know, I, we couldn't have picked a better year, honestly. And I look, I just look forward to continuing and seeing, you know, how the team is shaped, you know, going into next year, which I don't know, it feels very transitionary because Mark Bergevin, which we'll get into another podcast, but this could be his last year in Montreal. Um, you know, uh, congratulations to, um, Dominic Ducharm, he's officially our head coach, so that podcast is scrapped. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Joel Bouchard, um, going to Anaheim's farm team. I hope you guys go 0-82 yeah. because we wanted to keep you here in Laval, yeah, But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how uh, the off season goes, and I look forward to it. So yeah, thank you all for of, listening.
1: A lot of stuff coming, so we'll uh, catch up to you guys very soon. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast.
0: You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop@gmail.com at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Habs Puck Drop. We'll see you next time.